Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Any health-related information on the following show provides general information only. Content presented on any show by any host or guest should not be substituted for a doctor's advice. Always consult your physician before beginning any new diet, exercise, or treatment program. Glad to have you with us wherever you are in the world today to talk about the important topic of caregiving. You know, I just did a whirlwind radio interview myself. I was just interviewed on a business show. And what was interesting about it was as I was working on the set of questions, I was thinking, wow, this would be a great topic uh, to kind of start out today's show with. Um, Those of you that don't know uh, all of my history perhaps don't know that um, after my husband was diagnosed with cancer in 2004 and after he subsequently died in 2006, um, I changed my life. I totally took my life and I pulled it up from the roots and I turned it upside down on its head to do the work that I do today to help other people. Um, I wrote six books on surviving cancer, caregiving, brain illness, and grief. And of course, now I do radio um, and speaking. But, you know, it, it occurred to me this morning that when I, when I wrote the question, what was it like to change careers in midlife to a genre you were 
you were totally inexperienced in. And it, it occurred to me that actually this is a lot, says a lot about caregivers because a lot of caregivers, you aren't a caregiver one minute and you're a caregiver the next minute. But the great news about that is that you t- you have education and experience of some sort before you become a caregiver. And after you become a caregiver and make that change, you still have that experience and education to build on. And the other good news that there is is that you don't have to do it alone. It isn't easy, and it's very, very frightening to have this sudden total shocking change in your life to have someone depend on you to depend on you in many cases totally depend on you and sometimes in in Gordon's case it was two years but in the case say for example that we're going to be talking about a little bit today Alzheimer's dementia you know this could be 7, 10, 12, 15, 20 years. So, you know, this is a a change in your life that sometimes you go back to your normal life, but sometimes you don't get that opportunity. Um, And the other thing I was thinking this morning, because there wasn't enough time in my day, was something that I talk about quite a bit on this show, and that is, you know, we're going about our daily life. We can barely stuff another breath in the day and then all of a sudden you know we're caregiving for someone that we love for in many cases a very very serious illness and so now not only do you have to manage your priorities you have to shift your priorities and you have to totally integrate uh, what's going on with that other person in your life and in caregiving and it's a wonderful thing to caregive for someone that you love. It's a wonderful thing to give every day to someone that you love of yourself. Give of yourself. My guest today is Michael Newworth, and he's an entrepreneur, patent attorney, and caregiver for a loved one with dementia. In caring for a loved one with dementia, Michael searched for a review site for caregiver resources and products. When he couldn't find one, he created his own called Caregiver Reviews, www.caregiverreviews.com, to ensure that caregivers get the product products they need they truly need he recently created a new company called invention generation and that's kind of what we were talking about reinventing yourself invention generation brings life changing innovations to your generation in doing so invention generation learns of the needs of a particular generation and then works very hard to create innovations that meets those needs currently Invention Generation is focusing on the sandwich generation, creating truly needed innovations for the sandwich generation. Welcome, Michael. Hi, thank you. Thank you very, very much for having me. I I appreciate you giving me the time. Well, and unfortunately, we've been trying to talk back and forth, and, you know, with your busy schedule and my busy schedule, we haven't been able to connect, but we are now, so that's Thing. And I, I truly admire what you're doing, and so it's a wonderful opportunity to talk about this. You know, it's um, first of all care, the term caregiving. Uh, when I was taking care of my husband, 
you know, I didn't know that I was a caregiver. Um, you know, you're a caregiver for your mother. You you don't you're your son. You're not necessarily a caregiver. I was a wife, um, and of course, I lost my mother to cancer as well. So, I was a daughter to her. Um, but caregiving has become, uh, thankfully, because of the baby boomers and the sandwich generation, which I want to talk about in a minute, uh, has become very, very, and become known now what it is. And God for such years. Out. So let's talk by defining the sandwich generation. What what do we mean when we say sandwich generation? Okay. Very simply, you're sandwiched between taking care of a parent and taking care of your own children. And you typically have to work full time as well. So most of the caregivers that I know are raising a family, but they also are the primary caregiver, typically for a parent, one, one, one parent, either father or mother, and they, that, that they have been defined as the sandwich generation, and believe me, it is probably um, one of the most difficult situations that you could be in as a caregiver, because even even more, to use the metaphor, you're even sandwiched into the same house. A lot of these caregivers, their parents have moved in with them and they're taking care of them and they're also raising a family and the stress levels can be um, very, very large. And if we shift to the dementia Alzheimer's, then the stress levels are even higher. And that, that's an excellent point, and there are so many iterations of that. We could probably talk about that in and of itself for hours because even, um, even professional caregivers don't always know how to work with uh, patients with dementia. Um, even, you know, some of the facilities that are designed to do that don't know how to deal with the ins and the outs of, of a dementia patient. So let's talk from the beginning a little bit. Um, what was your learning process, learning to uh, work with your mother? Okay. Um, actually, I, I, I'm taking care of my aunt. And oh, okay. I have I happen to be in a very very good situation, and we can get into this a little bit later. Where my three sisters are also helping. Uh, the reason why we're taking care of my aunt, and this is very very common, is that it's actually my wife's uh, my wife's aunt. My wife's mother was supposed to be the primary caregiver, but it, it was it just couldn't happen. She came to us crying. Oh, I can't do it, I can't do it, I can't do it. She she never, it's very, very difficult, but um, my wife's mother never could realize that it was the disease that was talking and not her sister. And people have a very, very difficult time when they're taking care of a loved one with dementia because the disease talks. It's not the loved one. The loved one is gone. The, the loved one is gone. And what's left is a person with the disease. Sometimes a loved one will come back for brief periods of time. You can do some other ways 
like music therapy, which we can get into later. But so, so I'm very lucky that I have three sisters who are helping me take care of um, our aunt. But it, it, it's a very difficult process, very um, because you you don't really realize that the disease is talking all the time, and it's not it's not the same person. And a very good friend of mine, his name is Harry Urban. He runs an online support group. He has um, early stage dementia. He told me that you have to conquer the disease yourself, but you have to realize that it's a whole other world. And it's very, very difficult. So if you're a full, full-time caregiver, especially for someone with dementia, that can be very difficult. Absolutely, and I apologize. For some reason, I was thinking that it was your mother, uh, but, you know, it, it's it's wonderful that you've taken the time to learn to work with them, and, and it's interesting, uh, the situation, you know, with your aunt's sister, your wife's mother, because that just goes to show that that it's very, very difficult, and it is emotionally, physically, and mentally tiring, uh, and can certainly wear on you, especially, as you were saying, with a dementia patient, uh, because they can change daily. I mean, you and you have to be able to change with that change, and you have to, you know, as humans, Michael, we're taught to look at things as black and white. You know, this it, take them at kind of face value. Well, you know, you can't bring the person with dementia back into our world. So you have to either work with them and go in their world or you're, you end up beating your head against the wall, don't you? You're absolutely right. And let me give you a, a, an example. Um, one day, my aunt called her sister and said that Bill O'Reilly was in her apartment and he was sitting with her in her living room. And he was drinking all of her soda, and he was eating all of her snacks. And what did, okay, nothing against uh, my mother-in-law, but also my sisters made the same mistake. They all said, no, 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 you're, you're totally mistaken. You were probably watching uh, Bill O'Reilly on TV, and you fell asleep, and you had a little dream. Okay, I, I had volunteered at a dementia center so I could learn um, really what's going on and I asked the uh, head nurse and she said when a dementia patient is hallucinating you must go with the flow and she told me what to say she said oh really Bill O'Reilly he's a really sharp dresser I'm sure he was all dressed up wasn't he and you slowly but surely have to um, make the conversation with the loved one and then redirect him or her away from that and onto something else because in in her mind my aunt saw Bill O'Reilly sitting in her living room and um, there's nothing that you could say or do that would change her mind and hallucinating is very very um, common in uh, in dementia so th those are some of the things and, and, and th the problem is that you really don't know. There's no books. There's a lot of really good books, and if anybody wants them, at the end of the show, I can recommend um, some of the books that I've read. But 
you really have to. Um, another very good friend of mine, and all these friends I met through support groups. His name is Norm Mack. He's from the United Kingdom. Uh, he said, "When you've met one dementia patient, you've met one dementia patient, and that's it. Each one is so different." Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and uh, it, I was. It's funny because. Um, I was talking with someone yesterday that had worked with Alzheimer's patients, and she was saying that sometimes the person they were before is actually accentuated and actually um, more prominent, and sometimes it's not there at all. It's just just exactly what you're saying is they're different, and they're different from the person they were before, whether or not it's a little different or a lot different. Um, and, of course, depending on the different stages of dementia. But I, I want to say a shout out here because this is not just, of course, dementia and Alzheimer's. This is any brain illness. Um, Parkinson's, in a lot of cases, stroke victims, brain cancer, of course, which uh, was has been my curse, you know, with both my my mother and my husband. Um, But, you know, these are very, very similar things that when the brain is involved, uh, reasoning isn't very easy. And I want to give you a story. Um, My my wonderful mentor, uh, Nisa Peterson, who co-authored my two books on caregiving for brain cancer and brain illness patients, she was actually uh, caregiving for her husband, and he began, towards the late stages of his severe dementia, he began to believe that she was a different person when she was upstairs than when she was downstairs. And so he came to her one day, and he looked at her and he said, is the woman that's, that lives downstairs, she there? And, of course, Nasa started to, she had it coming out of her mouth to say, no, um, it's not a different person, it's me. And she finally looked at him and she said, why don't you go see? (laughs) And so he went down and he saw that there was nobody there. And he came back up, and he was perfectly fine. But um, sometimes you really have to go, you, you really have to stay on your feet, and it can be mentally draining. Right. You know, part of the part of the thing, and again, I, I I could be considered an expert on products and hopefully inventions for caregivers, but I'm but I'm certainly not an expert on dementia. I can only give you um, my Would real you? life and, and what I've learned in certain support groups. The voice sometimes the the loved one will recognize the voice. And, like, for example, we'll recognize the voice but not the face. For example, when you have uh, two caregivers, sometimes one caregiver will say, Mom's having a really bad day today. And the other, the other sibling will call Mom, and Mom will be perfectly fine. Because on the telephone, Mom recognizes the daughter's voice. Hmm. Whereas in the face-to-face with the other daughter, she didn't know who she was. And most of the time, I shouldn't say most of the time, but a lot of times the dementia patient is living 30 years in the past because the, the short-term memory goes, but a lot of the long-term memory stays. And music 
very interestingly, music, the part of the brain that deals with music is much less affected by dementia. So music is a wonderful tool that you can use as a trigger to um, help your loved one um, kind of remember you and kind of um, be a little more energetic and a little more active because the music will stimulate uh, certain parts of the brain that are unaffected by the dementia. And, you know, you make a great point, and it's good for any um, care receiver as well. Um, I know my mother, she just absolutely loved Daniel O'Donnell. Daniel O'Donnell. Boy, I don't know why that's hard to say. It didn't exactly roll off my tongue there. But uh, so, you know, it, it really helped her when she was sick to um, play his videos. And, of course, I was ready to pull out my eardrums by about the second or third day. But sometimes you make sacrifices. Well, I want to turn the – let's go back to sandwich generation. Um, it's hard enough for an adult to understand uh, how did you work with your, you talked about your children, how did you work with them um, because you have this person with dementia in your life? Right. Okay. I had a little bit of experience because when I was a teenager, unfortunately, my grandfather had Alzheimer's and that was the first experience that I had with a loved one and this was 30 plus years ago so before anybody really um, realized just how just what dementia was what Alzheimer's was and he kept telling me that I was his son and that we should escape from he was he was in the hospital that he let's escape from this hospital and go to work and and I remember my cousin coming to me and saying, is, is that grandpa? Is he, is he ever going to know who's who and what's what? And I asked the nurse and she said, look, probably never. So um, with, with our children and, and the, the um, immediate family, it's very, very difficult. But the, you, you just have to explain to them that the loved one is basically... Um, She's there in spirit, but her brain is is gone, and she really probably doesn't even recognize. And the really interesting thing is, though, that dementia people with dementia are really clever, and they try to hide it for a very long time. A lot of times, mm-hmm. when when someone comes to visit, they'll say, "Nice to see you again," but they really and truly have no idea who you are. But they're embarrassed, so. To answer your question, we just, first of all, there is no magic bullet or no magic. We just went to visit my aunt the other day, and um, a cousin came who hadn't seen her for a while, and we finished the visit, and she was crying. She said, you know, is that it? I said, yeah, that's it. Basically, that's it. And it's sad, but um, you just, you have to, um, you have to deal with it. And just the, the the best advice I can give is just tell the children the truth. Don't try to sugarcoat anything and just say, look, if it's grandpa or if it's the aunt or if it's even mommy, um, just tell them the truth. You know, they're sick. They're probably not going to get better, but they can still feel love and they can still feel emotion. And 
smiling and touching. Smiling is probably the very best thing you can do. And that's what got me through my first few days of volunteering in a dementia um, center. So smile and, and give love. Continue to give love even if the, the person you're giving the love to may or may not show outward that she's receiving the love. But just give love and tell your kids the truth and tell them to give love. And, of course, it's always important for any caregiver to listen. And not just listen, um, particularly with dementia, Alzheimer's, I know, uh, listen for the need. Because the need may not be evident. You know, it, it could be part of it, but it, it could be boredom even. You know, it could be many different things. So uh, listening, as with anything in life, is so profoundly important. So listen for the need. Listen for the words behind the need. I know, um, and I, I speak of this often, when my when my mother was sick, um, I had a, a an interrogation that I gave her on a daily basis because she was a non-cooperative patient. And uh, so, you know, but that set of questions let me know whether she was all right or not. It's difficult because one of the hardest problems to deal with with someone with dementia is nonverbal communication because sometimes they just can't say what they want to say. And that's why sometimes they get aggressive. Sometimes they get emotional. If they're wearing uh, diapers, for example, Sometimes they get aggressive because they, their diaper needs to be changed. So that, that's why there's really, you just have to go with the flow and take it, you know, one individual at a time. Because it's, it's really hard to, to know. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Exactly what the loved one wants, depending on their stage. If it's later stage and they're having trouble communicating... Sometimes you just have to have a tremendous amount of patience and just start doing process elimination. Do you want this? Do you want that? Do you need uh, to go to the bathroom? Do you want to drink something? Sometimes you just have to hand them the drink and see if they drink. So c communication and one of the really cool inventions that we're working on is something for nonverbal communication. Um, and we're actually combining it with... Um, some autism, because their autistic children also have uh, problems communicating. But I want to stay on focus with, with the dementia. So um, it, it's, just a, it's just a difficult time. And we can talk about stress levels and respite uh, later on if you want. Hello? 
I love exactly what you're saying, that you invent these things so that you can help others uh, to get through these difficult times. I mean, that takes a tremendous amount of creativity. So, uh, in sometimes an uncreative world, but I, I just love that. Uh, you talked about support groups earlier, Michael. Um, let's talk about uh, how important that was for you. Okay. Um, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. Sometimes it just goes. Okay. Uh, it just gets quiet. Um, That's okay. I I tried to go to um, real in quote support groups. You know, like in churches and uh, schools where different organizations would have support groups. I didn't like them. I really like my Facebook support groups, and um, that's really where I've learned so much. And the very cool thing about these support groups is the way that Facebook sets them up. Everything is secret. The only thing that the only people that can see what you post are people in the group. Um, it doesn't go on your timeline. It doesn't go in your status. So I, I, I'm very active in two very, very wonderful dementia support groups. One is called Forget Me Not, and it's run by a guy named Harry Urban, who I mentioned before. Uh, he has early stage dementia, um, hmm. and he, he's just giving, 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 and giving. And we're working on um, some other things that... Um, maybe we'll talk about later. And the second one is called Memory People, and it's run by Rick, whose last name uh, Rick Phelps, and uh, he also has um, Alzheimer's. And he his group is wonderful people, caring, and I would strongly recommend anybody who's a caregiver for a loved one, uh, if it's dementia, Alzheimer's. Go to those two groups I just mentioned. Um, there's, some, there's another one called Dementia Awareness by Norm Mack, who's just an incredible guy, um, amazing, inspirational. He has Louis bodies. I don't want to get into all the different. Let's just throw everything under dementia mm -hmm. because it really doesn't matter. Like you said, it's all brain-related. Mm -hmm. um, so support groups are a must. You cannot do this alone. You cannot and I mean, I'll, I'll hit my hand on the table ten more times while I'm saying this. I don't know if you can hear the, <laughs> I you can hear the echoes on the radio. You cannot do this alone, and you should not do this alone. And unfortunately, so many stories where one family member becomes the primary caregiver, and the other family members don't help. And at the end of the day, when the loved one passes away. The other family members circle like vultures, wanting to know where did the money go. So um, you must find a support group. The three that I mentioned are, um, I, I, I personally, I'm, I'm there every day. Every single day, um, I'm, I'm there. I'm either contributing or I'm learning or I'm asking questions. It, it's a must. It's it's a must for any caregiver. You cannot do this alone. And you can learn so much. And the most important thing you can do on these face groups is a four-letter word. I'm allowed to say four-letter words on the radio. I'm going to say it anyway. It's to vent. V-E-N-T. You must vent as a caregiver. If you do not vent, your stress, 
you will explode. Mm-hmm. Definitely. That's a tremendous point. And um, we're going to take a short break, but the point that you're making is so good. I want to expand on that a little bit. Um, The other great thing about support groups is you can go in there and you can say, particularly with dementia with a brain illness, you can go in there and say, this happened to me. My loved one is doing this. Do you have any suggestions? And the people that have experienced it firsthand, and you can believe they're there, um, will be the ones to help you and say, well, I tried this. Why don't you try this? I, it, it worked for me. And so you can get some great support that way. Um, we're going to take a short break, and we're going to come back with Michael Newverth and talk some more about caregiver reviews. This face I know from the start These smiling eyes have placed a chill into my heart And there'll be times when we're apart I keep you right with me with all my best regards Never told you that the world is always fair I always want you of the times when you despair I cannot defend you but I'll try and will be there All that I can give is care that I can give is care Carefully you've planned your part The steps you make were never meant to lead so far Are you prepared to play this cards? And did you consider it will be a little hard? I never told you that the world is always fair I always want you of the times when you despair I cannot defend you, but I'll try and will be there Is care
Welcome back, everyone, to Can't, uh, I'm sorry, Caregiving SOS. Oh, my gosh, what day is today? Uh, Caregiving SOS today, where we're talking with Michael Newverth. And uh, Michael is a entrepreneur, inventor, and a, caregiving, a caregiver himself. And he created caregiverreviews.com, which I want you to go online and look it up. I did put that in the chat room, and uh, he's creating uh, a group of care mavens, and we're going to talk about that. But, Michael, you had a great point. We were just talking about support groups, particularly those online, and thank you for that wonderful tip. And we were talking about how caregivers can give other caregivers uh, some insights and help. Uh, You made a great point while we were on break, so I'm going to let you take it away. Okay. Okay. The magic of the two Facebook support groups that I'm actively involved in, Forget Me Not and Memory People, is both of the creators actually have dementia. And they do chats and they have other activities online that enable you to ask them questions. And it it makes a huge difference when you can ask a patient what you need to know and they answer you, like we mentioned driving, one of the biggest problems you're going to face as a caregiver of someone with dementia is taking away the keys. And there's all kinds of tricks you can do um, to take away the keys. People have literally hired a towing company to come and tow the car away in front of the loved one's eyes and say, look, something's wrong with the car. We're going to get it fixed. People have taken out... Um, certain parts of the car so it doesn't start and then you tell the loved one but you, you always feel guilty especially if it's your parent if it's your father you don't want to lie to your father's face okay someone calls those lies little fiblets but <laughs> you, you, you I thought they to, were little you, white lies yeah, someone coined the term in one of the support groups I'm pretty sure it was in like forget me not but they call them little like little fiblets um, but being in these support groups with people who have the disease, you can just ask them. And it, it makes it, like I, I said to Rick, I said, Rick, um, you know, do you still drive? And he said, yes. And I said to Harry in another group, you know, do you still drive? And he said, look, I don't want to drive. I probably could still drive. But the cool thing that he said to me is that his wife, who's his caregiver, put keys. So Harry always has keys in his pocket. He doesn't drive the car, but he has the keys to the car. So he feels, you know, that he still could drive if he really wanted to. So, so that's the beauty of these support groups. And again, um, they're, they're free. The people who do them don't get anything out of it. Um, I don't get anything out of it for mentioning them. I do it out of love and out of very, very good karma because I'm getting a lot out of these groups. And um, the people put in so much. And it's, it's truly a grassroots uh, support group with real people, and it's typically the only place these people have to turn to get support. So I I highly recommend any kind of support group. These Facebook support groups um, are two that I use. I know there's a lot more, um, but it's definitely something you should do. So uh, the website is caregiverreviews.com. What can people learn, and uh, why should they go to this site, Michael? Okay, Caregiver Reviews is 
sort of my my hobby because I am a patent attorney and inventor and I was the chosen one from my family to find all the gadgets and gizmos and products that we could use to take better care of my aunt and I sort of agreed to it because I figured that there's a review site there's got to be a review site that I can just go to that will tell me this is a good resource this is a good product this is a good service like a Yelp or a, or a Travelocity or a TripAdvisor for caregiving and I didn't find one so like they say necessity is the mother of invention so I just said you know what I'm reviewing all these resources and these products I'm just gonna create a site and I did um, and again I get nothing from the site I don't get um, affiliate fees I don't believe in any of that stuff I list sites on my caregiver review site that I use I list products that I use I don't put any bad things on this site I don't want people wasting time saying this product is really bad don't use it instead I say look this is a very good product um, I try to put free products on there and I only put products that I've either used or I've tested and again I get nothing Are you still there, Joni? I am. I dropped off for some reason. I don't know what happened. Okay. Um, are we still live? You are. Okay. Am I, am I there? Yes, you're there. I, okay. I don't know what happened, but uh, I, I was looking through the um, the products on here, and there's a wonderful diversity to them. Um, Caring.com, eCaring, which I've interviewed eCaring, and a very impressive monitoring system for home. There's several of those on there. There's a, a medication dispensing service, which is very important because a lot of um, senior adults don't take their medications properly. A lot of young adults don't take their medications properly. Um, so, you know, very important tools here. So I highly recommend that everybody go and look at that. Um, also, uh, you know, you have blog on here and caregiver websites. So um, time savers, ooh, I'm going to click on that one because I really want to see about time saving, um, you know, excellent information on there that people can review so um, everybody this a free site uh, go to it and review the information there so let's talk about where you got the idea for care mavens and the word maven means an expert I went and looked it up because I was like "Ooh, that's a cool word um, so where did you get the idea for that Michael everything everything kind of ties together in doing caregiver reviews, I get hundreds of emails every every week telling me, please review my product, please review my product, please review my product. And I realized that a lot of these products people don't need, people can't afford, or people uh, just don't want. And I decided, I I'll give you an example. I'm, on, uh, I just decided that 
I would take, I'm from the wonderful world of high tech. From, from, I had some startups of my own. I'm a patent attorney. I decided that the best thing to do is to ask the market what they want and then, one, see if there is a product out there. And if it is, tell them, look, you wanted this. I believe that this product solves your need or we'll invent our own. So if, and what I use the care mavens for is two things, to tell me what they want. And once we've got the need, and I can tell you a funny story, the difference between a need and invention in mm-hmm. a second, but once we, once we have the need, then we invent. I have a team of really, really smart. I love being around smart people and some really, really clever, smart, creative people. And we just brainstorm and come up with solutions. Um, but And then the Care Mavens will then help us every step of the way in designing the product. In other words, we would post it on our website, and the Care Mavens will come in and say, look, Michael, it's a great idea, but it's never going to work because... X, Y, Z, etc. Or I really like this because ABC. But what we're really looking for, we're not looking for people's inventions. We're mm-hmm. looking for the need. And I'll give you an example. I have to, I have to throw my wife into the fire. Um, she came <laughs> to me. She came to me one day and she said, "You're a patent attorney. I have the world's greatest patent." I said, "Great. What is it?" She said, "A pill to color your hair." I said, oh, sounds really good. She said, yeah, if you want to be blonde, you take the blonde pill. You want to be redhead, you take the redheaded pill. You want to be dark, you take dark. If you have gray, you want to cover it, you take the... I said, it's wonderful, but you're really bright, um, but you're an economist. You're not an inventor. You're not a chemist. How do I do it? She said, I don't know. You're the patent attorney. Figure it out. So that's the difference. That's the difference between the need and the invention. In other words, I want people to give me the pills for changing your hair because it shows me that women don't like whatever is out there today to um, dye their hair. It's problematic. So I want the caregivers and the people with Alzheimer's and the people with dementia to tell me, this is what I need. This is what I want. This is my wish list. This is my dream of dreams. If I had this, I would buy it tomorrow. And then we'll make it if we can. Um, And then... And that, know, that, that doesn't have to be something that is totally mechanical or what have you. For example, uh, one of the greatest suggestions that was in my books that came from my mentor, uh, Nasa Peterson, was uh, to make a business card to have the caregivers for dementia Alzheimer's patient. Um, make a business card that when you're eating out or something and and perhaps the, the waitress doesn't understand, her husband would always call the waitress sweetie and she always worried that they would take that as kind of a sexual connotation, you know, and take it negatively. So um, to make these little cards that say, um, my, my um, companion... Uh, has dementia, please excuse anything that's said or done, you know, out of out of whack, so to speak. I'm, and I definitely paraphrase there. The other thing that I think is definitely needed in caregiving world, and see, I'm giving you some ideas right now, uh, is the fact that um, caregivers are kind of the second on the lineup 
with doctors. And uh, I think that with, uh, particularly in cancer world, for example, with more and more complex treatments, um, caregivers are becoming much the norm. But let's face it, the doctors are paid to take care of the patient. They're not paid to um, cater to the caregivers. And yet, in a brain situation, um, for example, with my husband with brain illness, when he had yet to be diagnosed, you've really got to listen to that caregiver to find out what's really going on with the patient. So, you know, uh, something that would be helpful would be like a checklist or something of how to set the stage with your doctor to begin with. Um, I'm, the patient turns to the doctor and says, this this is my wife or caregiver or best friend or whatever it is. She's going to be my caregiver, she or he. And, um it, you know, so make sure that they are taken care of. They can get the information they need. Who should they call if they need anything? Set the stage to begin with. Yeah, that's that makes perfect sense. And again, we are not just inventing um, really cool high tech products. Mm-hmm. Some of the things we're working on are just a website, but the website that the caregivers want because they told us and we brainstormed and then I talked to a few mavens and we, we've been um, Skyping every night for the last month just brainstorming on this and we're going to put that together. There's no, Some of them are we're just doing because it needs to be done. I mean, it might just be like you said, we might just do this checklist, make it a PDF and give it away. We don't have to sell. We're not, we are for profit, but we, re- we really want to um, be as helpful as possible because it, it, it's all about karma and it, it will all come back at the end of the day. And the brainstorming really helps us. Even if we're brainstorming on something we're going to give away, it's a very good exercise for me and for my care mavens to really um, just work on the brainstorming and putting all of this together. Well, Michael, um, Michael Neuwirth, um, we've run to the end of our time together, believe it or not. It goes by very, very quickly. And uh, I want you to let people know where they can go and where they can contact you if they're interested in becoming a care maven. Okay, right on the site on caregiverreviews.com, there's a, um, a few places where you can easily sign up to be a care maven. And again, we don't share your emails. All we ask is for your name and email. Actually, all we ask for is just your email at the beginning. Um, and we don't share it with anybody. And you can always decide not to be a care maven anytime you want to. So if you go to caregiverreviews.com, you'll see exactly what you need to do. Well, Michael, thank you for being my guest today. And uh, what a great idea for great ideas. Thank you. So. Go to go to the source for sure. And uh, so, again, if anybody's interested in it, uh, please go to caregiverreviews.com. That is in the chat room. This is Joni Aldrich. Thank you for joining us today on Caregiving SOS. And my website is J-O-N-I-A-L-D-R-I-C-H.com. Please join me tomorrow at 2 p.m. Eastern Time for Treatment SOS with Dr. Peter Peter Edelstein. Have a good evening.